everyone. Welcome, Fika for Life. We're back. Woohoo! Uh, my name is Edward Thomas, and my co-host is Lin Yuan. Hello. And today we have a very special guest. And we have our studio audience. And our studio audience. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can see our audience is actually really quite large here. <laughs> we reduce it down to one person's voice, but there's really millions here. So, mm-hmm. um, but our, our special guest, uh, uh, introduce yourself. Your name yes. is. <laughs> My name is Vincent. Vincent, all right. Last name is not so important, maybe. Yeah, sure no, it is. No, yeah, okay. we all want to know who you are. No, we don't. Okay, yes, we do. Okay. So, Vincent, yeah. today's topic is parenting mm-hmm. yes we had one episode before yep. yes where my husband was here and uh, sharing his thoughts on parenting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very <really> exciting <laughs> insightful and now it's your turn to share maybe first question are you a parent <laughs> no i'm not yes i am <laughs> <laughs> that's why you invited you because you're wait, not wait. a parent <laughs> but what kind of parent are you are the parent who pushed the baby out or the parent who contributed to the baby Dude, that's an uh, no. That's not, that's, not, that's <laughs> no, no one. No. Okay, I thought I could ask that. <laughs> yeah, since no one can see our face, you know. So. I was there. <laughs> you were when there. It happened. Yeah, me too. It was really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um, I only have one child, mm-hmm. and I have a um, boy. His name is Emmanuel, and he's uh, three years old. Great, great. Age. So um, yeah, I have <laughs> a lot of cute. wisdom when it comes to parenting. I know. As you can imagine. I usually yeah. go to you. I'm like, my kids are adults, so I have to go to you to get advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, don't they do? Don't they go in circles? Like they are small, and then they become teenagers, then they become small again, and then. Yeah, Only if you let them walk into the wall a couple of times and they go around <laughs> in circles like that. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> we don't recommend that. This is not mm-hmm. advice. It's just some of us, you know, weren't that good at with parenting in the beginning. You so know. Vincent, you. Yeah. You've been a uh, parent, first-time mm-hmm. parent, and you're going to be soon a second-time parent? Yes. The right. second one is coming anytime soon. So I might have to leave okay. during the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Drum rope. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, when do you become a parent? When do I become a parent? Mm-hmm. Mm. Is it the moment of birth? Question? No. <laughs> the moment <laughs> exactly. of birth? Is it something exactly. you associate before because you, you go to parents' wrong. class even before the baby is born? Uh-huh. Or is it something that you grow into? Or mm-hmm. mm. Yeah, it's a good question. I would say um, for me, it wasn't... For me, I would say it's something that I grow into. Or um, when I had my uh, our first baby, I was like... I didn't really have a clue of what parenting was. <laughs> no. no. I mean, you can like imagine or have some uh, thoughts of how it's supposed to be, but mm, it's really like different when you're there, mm-hmm. I would say. And it's really hard to prepare for being a parent, I think, mm. um, because it's um, mm, it's hard to imagine how it's like. I yeah, because you, you you get a kid and you don't know who this person is. Exactly. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> no. And you don't know how you're going to react. It's my baby. I looked at the baby and I was like, it's my baby. Yeah, but you don't know the temperament. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, that way. Like I thought you meant that. Like, like you look and like, you I don't know who this baby this is. You, you hopefully like the kid. Eventually, sometimes you wow. don't. But really? That's the easy Wait. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. Have you guys ever had a situation where you didn't like your kids? Yep. Uh, really? Yes. Yeah. You guys are some bad people. But let's say this. We love our kids. 
But oh, yeah. we don't, we don't always like liked our kids. My kids are <laughs> angels. They've never done anything wrong. And so because I'm such a great dad. You just so say that because they're listening to you. Yeah, no, actually, like I know. Actually, I don't want to tell the truth. The podcast. <laughs> I don't want to tell the truth about them. <laughs> Little monsters. <laughs> <laughs> No, that wasn't a cage we locked you in <laughs> when you were small. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, I don't know if I can say, I, I actually, I, for me, it wasn't that I disliked them. I just thought, I went through a period where I, at, I thought each kid didn't like me. Wow. Mm. So I was really, like, really depressed. I was, like, really, <laughs> I'd go around with, like, this internal pain. It was like, oh, they don't like me now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think when, when Jonathan, so I, my youngest son, so I have five kids, and when my youngest son Jonathan was born, the, he was really colicky and stuff like that, and so I was like rocking him and holding him, and like none of the tricks that worked on Eddie, who's the firstborn, worked on Jonathan, and I was like, <laughs> he, and he'd look at me, he was just like, ah, ah, you know, and do all the whole, hi, I'm possessed by the devil kind of thing, and, uh, and so I just thought, he hates me. My son is rejecting me. I'm like, if I had breasts, I would feed you milk, but I don't have any. I can't do it. I can't make your day better. I can't do it. I felt like a failure as a dad. So I, was, I think I just internalized everything. I was really bad like that. Yeah, it sounds like it. Like, uh, I was really not really mature, man. I was mature. No. I was like, geez. <laughs> <laughs> Sat in the cave for a month so I could prepare myself. So do you guys mm-hmm. feel any time like guilt? Like your guilt, you feel guilty, like, oh, I shouldn't have done this, or I don't have enough oh. time for my kids, or you do something, and you feel like, oh, that was bad. Mm-hmm. Basically all the time. Ooh, almost. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but... Um, Are we really going to be that honest today? <laughs> <laughs> We're just throwing our dirty laundry out there for everyone to see the little brown stripes in the bottom. Wow, nice. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about your laundry, but yeah. Well. Brown stripes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I would say yes. I think my mm, one of my struggles as a parent is um, I personally, uh, when I grew up uh, as a kid myself, I grew up in a um, broken home, mm. uh, basically without a dad. There was a dad in the picture, but he had a lot of problems mm. uh, with alcohol and he got sick. Mm. So I basically grew up without a father, mm. Um, mm. more or less. And uh, my mother struggled a lot, but she did what she could. But um, um, she had like, she sacrificed very, very much for me and my brothers. Mm. And uh, I think my like struggle as a parent is to, um, my like, what I bring into parenthood from my own childhood Mm. is like, it's all about sacrificing. And I think that's true. But I think there sometimes can be that I, I have this wrong view of sacrificing too much, mm-hmm. or like, um, because I think it's really important as a parent to. There is, I mean, there is some amount of sacrifice when you have a child. Mm-hmm. You cannot um, do whatever you want. Do whatever <laughs> you want. No, no, you have to give that. up uh, stuff. And but there can also be like. Um, some an unhealthy side of that mm. where you like stop living yourself mm. and i don't think that's good for no one in mm. the family um hmm. so yeah i can relate to that um 
actually just today <laughs> my mom has been with me vis- visiting us uh, for like three weeks now and she's going back to Germany next week um, oh. so she so she saw something like she was with us for a whole month she lived with us so she saw me going to Bible study or doing this podcast or yeah. like going to church and so on and today she said like why are you always like gone on the weekends with church like don't you do like church a bit too much <laughs> and what about your family and stuff mm-hmm. and I was I was feeling like um, but that's what Jonas, my husband, and me were talking before. Like we were really active in church before we got kids, mm. and we had really open home, and people came to our place <coughs> a lot. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously now we have a kid, so we have to scale down. But it's not. But we don't scale down in the sense of oh, now we are family. This mm-hmm. is our sanctuary. You guys stay out. I know. So it's not how we do it. And I think for her, it's really hard because maybe it's similar experience like you've been said. Mm-hmm. Like my mom, she sacrificed a lot for mm-hmm. us. Like working and putting up with my dad, who's not really nice. And a lot of things for the family, like for the family. Oh, I do it mm-hmm. for the kids. And then I think then sometimes I feel the pressure like, oh, she sacrificed so much. So now I have to give something back mm-hmm. like i have to behave well i have to mm. have a good reputation so people <laughs> will give like kind of wow. credit back to her mm-hmm. and um i think it's really hard and i think sometimes i can see that when i have my daughter and people would say most time they would only say positive things like oh she's so nice blah blah mm. blah but occasionally people could say wow but she's like really wild or <laughs> she's not behaved or mm. something like that and i take it really personally i might not show it okay. but i, take I won't it, tell I'm you like, that anymore i'm sorry i'm like <laughs> i think it's the thing that i maybe got from my parents yeah like it reflects back on mm-hmm. you as a person mm, no. if your kids i don't know get any <clears throat> negative comment no but it but it does mm-hmm. i think that's and i don't know if that's inherent to the human experience so that we in some ways, we live through our children, mm-hmm. and our children's are, our children are a reflection of us because. Jeez, uh, at least man. It, no, I was just <laughs> saying in my family, my children seem to take after every every bad quality I have. Mm. My children seem to pick up on yeah. that. Why uh, not the good ones? Exactly. Yeah. All like the fantastic things. They're like, oh no, that was boring. I want the bad stuff, you know. Mm. And so uh, that was like an eye opener. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I think the whole sacrifice thing. So I think this is really interesting because all of us come from homes where our our mothers have lived very sacrificially, mm-hmm. uh, probably in a very like, unhealthy way. Yeah, I was going to say, I w- Mom, don't listen to this part. <laughs> I love you. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, but that um, I remember times like when my mom would, she would like not eat anything to make oh, sure wow. we had food and stuff, yeah. or like um, once uh, because we were really poor. Mm-hmm. So she would get a two bedroom apartment. So my sister had her own, her own room. Uh, later on, my brother was born. Then he would have the two of us would have our own room, and then my mom would sleep on the couch, or it'd be one room, and my sister and I would share a room, and my mom would still sleep on the couch. So, mm-hmm. or uh, just just a lot of stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so throughout the years, she's like sacrificed. And, and sometimes I feel like as an adult child, I wish I could do more. Like I wish I had managed my money better. Wish I didn't work in the church because I can make a lot of money, and so I can like <laughs> take care of my mom. Should be like a business of where I should have worked in the bank. Just I hated it, but I could have done it uh, for her <laughs> for her sake. Um, but I think that also affects. So, like you were saying, Vincent, about growing up without a dad, mm. that's one of the things that has significant significantly affected me. Because I don't really know what a good dad like. Just by experience mm. of seeing that, I don't really know what a good dad does. 
Mm-hmm. So since my dad was such a deadbeat, I always feel like I'm doing a good job. And then my <laughs> oldest daughter, Jessica, says, no, you're a bad dad. You're horrible. And I'm just like. Wow. Honestly. And then I go, and then I go, I go, oh, God, help mm-hmm. me. I just want to crawl under the rock and turn into green mold. Just, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, and that's because Jessica, my oldest daughter, didn't live with us. So of, of the five kids, she's the only one that didn't live permanently with us. Mm-hmm. So she lived with her mom. And so her experience of me is like totally different. But it makes me feel bad because I've always wanted to be a better dad mm-hmm. than my dad. I yeah. want my children to, to feel loved and that I was there for them. You know, and so Jessica's experience is totally different than Pauline and Nicole's, Eddie's and Jonathan's experience, where I was with them every day and we would build sandcastles and stuff and Jessica was lived with her mom in the in the ghetto, so I don't know what this. Oh, yeah, well, so <laughs> that's what happens when you don't keep your thing inside your pants, you know. Well, now you're wiser, aren't you? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm so I'm so I'm so old now, so nothing works. So I'm just like, ah, who knows? I don't know if I got wiser. So I we, am wiser. I so we're so. not talking about like uh, passing things on to our kids. Mm-hmm. And it's not fun to talk about the negative. What about the positive? What uh-huh. what good things can we pass on to the farting. next generation? We all fart in our house and we all laugh at who has the worst farts. <laughs> That's something I passed on to my kids. Mm-hmm. They're they're not as good as I am. I can I can kill them still. I <laughs> like lay them out <laughs> that I cry. Ah, dad. Like, ah. I don't know if that's a good life skill, though. Yeah, that's a good yeah. thing. You never know sure. when you need to have that sometimes, you know. <laughs> Get rid of people who are, who are bothering you. Um, no, I, okay, so, so be, to be serious again. <laughs> 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 um, I, I think one of the things about, so um, what I've discovered is that each kid has picked up on different things. Mm-hmm. So the one common factor in our, for my kids is that they're all strong-willed. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them, I'm like crying every day because I'm like, <laughs> why can't I get one of those kids? It's like, oh, Dad, I'll just do whatever you want. You're like the center of my world. That's nope, not, that's not I don't a get kid. that. All that's my kids a robot. talk. My, that's a beautiful child. <laughs> you can program them, but my kids though. So, so because they're all strong will, they have a tendency to say exactly how they think, which I couldn't do when I was a kid. So that's one of the differences I think with growing up. And um, and the other thing is that I've tried to support them in whatever they've done secretly. Mm-hmm. I want all my children to pursue highly academic careers. I want them to be good in math and science and that we could talk about nerdy things all the time. <laughs> and all of my children have taken aesthetic way. things. <laughs> They're dancers. They do hair. <sighs> you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's good that they're picked up on the creative side and stuff like that. But um, but I've tried to support them mm-hmm. and not not trying to push my things onto them. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time trying to be there for them so so that's been like so I don't know how you guys because you guys your kids are a lot smaller mm-hmm. yeah. so you don't know that you don't know what you're doing right now you don't know how badly you're messing them up <laughs> exactly. until another another 18 years yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh we don't see the fruit yet no or and you don't get a re- restart it's not like you can go to God and he's like he's like, okay, you you are so bad I give you a second mm-hmm. chance okay we'll just rhyme well don't rhyme you get a second kid for that no, that's why you have more children. That's why you have <laughs> Oh, the first no, one went well. So. <laughs> you don't get better. You just get stupid. <laughs> no, it's... What about you, Linson? What do you think you'll... No. I'm passing on the good yeah. stuff? Yeah. Mm. Um, well, I mean, I have a relationship with God. Um, as I said before the podcast to you, Lynn, I became a Christian when I was 19. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and when I was, uh, it took some years for me to um, start like um, a process of healing and stuff from mm. my childhood. But um, 
I remember when I, I started to pray more into that and I also um, got more like um, aware of this, um, like uh, um, how how my childhood had affected me mm. and what what it's exactly. like to grow up without a father. Mm. So um, I remember that I used to pray that uh, I want God to father me. Mm. And uh, I have to say that that's a prayer that he has answered. Right. <laughs> he hasn't really. I should have prayed that one. That's a good prayer. I never mm-hmm. prayed that. It's really good. Um, <laughs> That's why I am what I am. But um, since then, it's like, I feel that God has shown me a lot of stuff about mm. how he is like a father and uh, what it means to be a child and um, done a lot of healing in my life. Mm. So uh, I feel that I have something to pass on to my child mm. um, from mostly from my relationship with God. Mm. And um, mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, like you, Vincent, didn't grow up in a Christian family, and I also became a Christian when I was like 19. And um, I I think now with Nomi, our daughter, we're really trying to give her a good start with everything. <laughs> and that's why we first tried syndrome. Like, you're like, oh, mm. I want to do everything. Um <laughs> But we also put a heavy weight on like uh, spiritual life. We are trying to teach her to pray, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I should be like happy or a bit concerned that she's already so eager for it. But she's always like That's asking great. for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we go through oh. Bibles like it's only Jesus. What about Moses? No, Jesus. <laughs> okay, wow. Calm down. Wow. We'll get to him. Can you bottle that up? We can sell that. We'll make millions. And I mean, <laughs> uh, before when we were praying downstairs, I wasn't there because. I was doing something else. And then Gabriel said, like, no, Miss, she was, like, already so-called, like, adapted to praying. So she, he said his son was more like, yeah, like a three-year-old, moving around, like, ah! And she was, like, adapted to, okay, now we pray. Standing still, closing your eyes. So on the we one sh- hand, I'm, like, happy, but on the other hand, I'm like, ah, I hope great. it's not, but it's not, I hope it's not going into, like, the Christian soup thing. Yeah, the bubble. The bubble. Bring her I'm to like, the bubble. Oh, the bubble's oh, so nice, it's so comfortable, no. you get used to it. Like, Jonas, he grew up, maybe not my husband, he didn't, mm. maybe not in the bubble, but mm-hmm. he grew up in a Christian household, went to church, and so on, and, I mean, he still kept his faith, which is mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. but I'm just concerned, I met too many people who are just in the bubble and when they're yeah. adults they stay in the bubble mm. and then I, I don't want Nomi to be in the bubble but I also don't want her to be only with non-Christian people <laughs> so it's like so you want to not be well, a bubble head at the same time yeah so Fine how do you head. do that I don't know well, yeah, I don't know either yeah. <laughs> but, but I think but if you well, so as a person who who is married to someone who's not Christian who didn't so one of the the sad points for me as a dad, and one of the things I still have to struggle with is that I really wanted my children to have a Christian upbringing. Mm. Mm. Not, not like forcing it on them, mm. but I wanted us to have like a family devotion. I wanted to teach them to pray for each other and then let them see, you know, like, like that we would pray, you know, um, for them and their friends. That prayer was something that's really important. Um, and for a while I could pray with them when they went to sleep at night, but we could never seem to get a devotion thing going because it would take both parents and I can't force faith onto my wife. Um, so that my children didn't have a, a a Christian upbringing. So when you guys t- say things like this, I'm like, I just want to cry because <laughs> I'm like, oh, it would be so wonderful. I mean, if my kids came home one day and said, Dad, 
you know, can you just pray for me? Like, they mm. don't have to pray. Just ask me. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, I feel like I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> my happiness meter goes up to plus 10, you know. Um, but um, so as long as you demonstrate it and, and you make it participatory for them. I think it's bad if you force. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's just mm-hmm. always forced. It's like a burden. But I think when kids always want to participate in what their parents do. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's part of your life together as a couple, what happens is kids just want to know, mm-hmm. what, what, you, you do? what you doing? You know, <laughs> I'm in the toilet. I used to read my Bible. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm reading my Bible. Because mm. I would pray and preach to myself while I was on the toilet. <laughs> so okay. one, of my, one of my practices, how I prepare for sermons. God is even there. <laughs> God is there. Help me out. He's like, I'm like, oh, he's like, yes. And I'm like, okay. But the kids were like, they'd be on the other side of the door. And so, so one day we we're doing this family charades and they were trying to imitate each other. And so, and so they, <laughs> they, they sit down on the couch like, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. Read that word right now. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I am giving them a Christian upbringing. <laughs> you know? so, so it's, uh, but it was, but because, but the point was that they always wanted to participate in the things that they saw you yep. doing mm-hmm. in front of them. And they weren't really so interested in the theology. They weren't really so interested in the, in the liturgy of the church, mm-hmm. but what they saw me doing mm-hmm. at home. Sure. So when they were small, they said they thought it was like totally normal that dad would like pray for people and they thought it was more normal to pray. And then it got to the teenage thing, and then everything got destroyed. Mm. Oh. Um, but that was a. But but I think but I think it's because we weren't synchronized. Mm. So I think um, I, I think having that synchronized and part of your life, I think having like that balance between having Christian friends. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with Christian friends because I was in the bubble. Mm. Um, but that made a big difference when I got to high school. When I got to junior high school, I still have Christian friends, other people my own age, who are also in that same boat. So and that was really, really good. So I didn't have just non-Christian friends or just Christian friends. Mm. So, so I think that helps. So keep doing a good job. You guys are doing good, I think. Mm. Mm. You'll get there. <laughs> You'll get- <laughs> and if not, I'll talk bad about you. It'll make you feel bad, guilty. <laughs> mm. I don't think so. No. Um, but it was really interesting also, Vincent, that you, you took up the whole thing about one of the interesting parts of the Christian faith is not going to church, but it's how God can, can supplement the lack of things in your life. So you grew up without a dad. I grew up without a dad. You grew up with a mean dad, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes that um, being aware of that mm-hmm. and coming to a point where God gives you insight to actually be able to ask him mm-hmm. for help with something that, you know, you're not fully equipped to because mm-hmm. your start in life didn't have that and how God can compliment that. And he can, he can, he can feel that he can, somehow he can make yep. that happen. Stuff. I mean, yep. um, it's, Working with the youth, so a lot of kids will say, I'm like a second dad to them. And that's really weird because I didn't grow up with my father. Mm. But I think it's something in a similar way. I think it's something mm-hmm. that God has fixed inside of me. Yeah. So people see me as a father figure, you know, not just my kids, but other kids, um, even though I didn't have a physical human role model in front yeah. of me. So, hmm. interesting. Hmm. <clears throat> so, Vince, is there anything you want to get out there? About parenting and... Christian parenting. Christian parenting. Mm. Um, well, uh, it's hard when you're all up in it, you know, mm. and you're a tired, <laughs> beat-up dad. <laughs> it's hard to like, this is my wisdom. Mm. But um, um, I work with um, like troubled kids mm-hmm. now. I'm a priest, but I'm not working as a priest right now. So I'm working at this home where I meet a lot of... Um, um, kids who had uh, even a lot worse childhood mm. than I had mm. um, 
and it's it's just interesting meeting them and it I think a lot about what are like the factors in their life that has gotten them where they are and mm. stuff like mm. that. And uh, I think my one of my biggest fears as a parent is like uh, what you say in Swedish, a curling dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what that we is don't, when you. Yeah, we don't have that term in English, so it's from Helicopter. the game curling, like yeah. when you you sweep the the floor. Before. Yeah, before them. Yeah. Uh, Basically, you become the ch- the servant of the child. Exactly. A bulldozer before the child. So. Yeah. Yeah. You make everything even. Make it all easy yeah, for them. Yeah, make it all easy so you know they don't have to feel that uh, any like mm. pressure or um, like and um it's interesting because in my job I can see that this is like a lot of parents that are very caring, but it's like they are too caring. It's mm. like there're no boundaries. It's yeah. yeah, like over overcaring. Mm. So that's something that I think about a lot and when I study the Bible Um, this morning, I, because I was going to be here on the podcast, mm. I just looked at like you know all these passages about uh, child mm. um, parenting. Childering, parenting. Yeah. Yeah. They're not that many, yeah. but yeah. you know it's interesting that almost everyone is about uh, discipline. Yes, <laughs> almost everyone, is. <laughs> even in the Old and the New Testament, yes. yeah, like yeah. everyone Bring is about um, discipline. Yeah, discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Discipline your child um, because that's the way. That God treats us yeah. like don't despise His discipline because yeah. in the long run it will bear fruit. Mm. So that's what I want to get out yeah. there: discipline, discipline your, your kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't but, abuse them. No, but, no, no, yeah. no. but I think the whole discipline thing is like really important. And what it is is about setting clear boundaries that you can actually hold, like the both yeah. of you. Yeah. And I think that that's something like. Um, people ah, discipline. Oh, I want my kids to be my friends. We want to no, 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 no. There's no. like certain things you don't want to be. You don't want to be friends with it. You want to be friendly with your kids, but not mm-hmm. friends with your kids because yeah. your job is to parent. Your job is to invest and to train and to bring up the child. That's what the Bible tells us. And mm. and I think one of the parts of that is discipline is not really so much about you being angry with the child as it is as trying to help the child yeah. to understand there's consequences for their actions mm-hmm. and to help them to start to think through the process. When I do this, this hurts someone else. Yeah. Or this is not good for someone, or this is not good for me, and so I think that parents who uh, parents who don't discipline their child, children, and I'm going to say this, and I know you people are going to write in, if you don't discipline your child, then how how little love do you actually have for your child? Yeah, because you're not really giving them a fair start in life. You're not making them a Prepared. person that other people want to mm. want to hang out with. Mm. So, so I think the discipline thing. I think that's a that's like mm. one of the best things you can do for your child, children. Actually, is to discipline them, that, and then to give them a sense of responsibility. Yeah. So it's the other anti-curling thing is, is to not just give them things, yeah. but to teach them how to earn things. Mm-hmm. So that way everything has a value and stuff like that. It's not a they don't have this sense of entitlement that a lot of oh, wow. the young generation has nowadays, where they think like I don't have to get a good grades in school, I don't have to work hard, I don't have to show up on time, but I expect to get be the boss and get all the money <laughs> with no qualifications mm-hmm. and don't expect me to work either. Yeah. Um, and so I think that. That the yeah those things the responsibility mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and discipline helps children. Well, as always, um, time short. <laughs> today's fika was apple cake, and I need to get down to my apple cake. Apple cake and cinnamon and, butts. Yes, and so uh, did what did you say? Cinnamon butts. Bun. Oh, I thought you said butts. Bun. I, was like, Bun. <laughs> I was like cinnamon butts. I'm like yes, <laughs> I, I'm not eating those. Uh, <laughs> 
I'll try anything, yeah. but not cinnamon I'll butts. I'll try one. But. <laughs> <laughs> try one butt. <laughs> see, see what it tastes. Mm, extra flavor. Try everything once. That's my philosophy. <laughs> so, um, so write to us. We love answering your questions. Uh, Vincent, thanks for being on our show today. Thank you. This is uh, Edward Thomas and... Lin Yuan. Tune in next time. For Fika for Life. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or ideas, please send us a message to fikaforlife at mail.com. Fika, F-I-K-A. This was the Fika for Life podcast with Lin Nguyen and Edward Thomas. And we hope to hear you again. <laughs>